freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. We didn't pass it on to our children in the bloodstream. The only way they can inherit the freedom we have known is if we fight for it, protect it, defend it, and then hand it to them with the well-taught lessons of how they in their lifetime must do the same. And if you and I don't do this, then you and I may well spend our sunset years telling our children and our children's children what it once was like in America when men were free. everybody welcome to another episode of gun freedom radio where we engage we educate and we inform i am one of your hosts cheryl todd and i'm the other guy dan we have a series called american and cheryl what are we going to do today so american that's the idea of that american can do spirit that really is just part of our DNA. So much about our lives have been turned upside down with this whole coronavirus, COVID-19 stuff. And we're hearing a lot about what we can't do and where we can't go. But our guests during this series are going to talk to us about their area of expertise and all the ways that we still can learn and grow, train and connect and expand our freedoms in ways that maybe we haven't even thought about before. And our guest today is Mr. John Correa. John is the founder and owner of Active Self-Protection as well as its head instructor. John founded ASP in 2011 to teach people in all walks of life how to develop the attitude, skills, and a plan to defend themselves and their families from harm. Welcome to the show, John. Super glad to be here. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. And actually, it's welcome back. You've been on a couple of times, but it's been way mm-hmm. too long. My goodness, you're like half the size you were the last time we had you on. <laughs> I was beginning to think you don't like me anymore, Cheryl, is what it was. I was just Not- sitting in my corner waiting for you to call. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. You ever sitting, (laughs) sitting around doing nothing, waiting for a call, never going to happen. You are one of the busiest guys I know and most effective at, at helping people get the important information that they need. Those videos are amazing. I've learned so much from watching your videos. Thanks, Dan. I really appreciate that. It's, it's a labor of love and we know that we're helping good people keep their families safe and, and we get reports of people uh, that use the principles that we teach in real life defensive encounters and come out on top. And it's really gratifying. People need to listen to them and watch them because you, when something happens that you need to use a firearm, if you don't have that in the back of your head, you're going to mess up. Well, and I think that what happens a lot is everybody has this idea. If they carry a firearm, they have this idea in their mind of how their gunfight's going to go. And they, they have this idea of what, it, you know, what theirs is going to be like, but what we do on the main channel every day of course, is that we see this is how it really went for someone else. And and we start to see them again and again. So you start watching over a few months and you start going, wow, maybe that thing that was in my head about how I thought my gunfight was going to go is probably not going to go that way. So maybe I want to be prepared for the way it's likely to actually go. So And, and that makes people more evidence-based in their preparation, which I think is good. Absolutely. And so you do uh, not only through your uh, channel, Active Self-Protection, uh, but you have a, another channel uh, as well 
but yep. you you teach both skills and tactics and you also mm-hmm. do that in person for people you are a firearms trainer here in Arizona so what do you say to well, people well all over the country actually we travel i mean obviously not right now with the pandemic but uh you know we've canceled uh we canceled class in Iowa uh, that was supposed to be this past weekend. We'll reschedule. It's rescheduled for August. But um, we're literally all over the country every year uh, teaching live uh, handgun and now also a little bit of uh, defensive carbine as well. Absolutely. Uh, and so you do uh, travel. You know, if, if if you schedule it, John will will come, right? <laughs> so, well, John, I mean, with, you know, with, what's going on right now, we're seeing a lot of brand new buyers that's never owned a gun before and we have been drilling in their heads get training get training get training and you're going to be a busy guy well i mean we're hoping to be our big goal is uh you know my my signature classes are evidence-based pistol skills where we take people you know kind of their next class after their ccw and try to help them to gain competence in what their most important things they'll need in a ccw gunfight but I agree with you. We've also started on my second YouTube channel, Active Self-Protection Extra. I just started a new gun owners orientation series that is designed to help those new gun owners with the basics of, of guns. I, it was funny. I was uh, on Monday. I had a private lesson at a range here in Scottsdale at C2 Tactical. And um, when I walked in, I tried to walk in with eyes like a newbie. It's been a while, you know, I mean, I started carrying a firearm in 06. And um, so I walked in there and I was like, if I was a newbie, I would just be overwhelmed here. Like it would, it would scare me. And so we started the series on new gun owners orientation just to, um, to talk to people like they're adults, uh, to, to take all politics out of it, to take all extraneous stuff out of it, to just say, okay, you, you are going to get into the firearms uh, world by owning one. What do you need to know? And then, but then, you know, start that beginning. I, I kind of go back to that Vince Lombardi approach, you know, every year with Super Bowl winning uh, players coming back on his roster, he started off the, the, um, uh, camp training camp with gentlemen this is a football and it started from scratch and so we try to do the same thing and say okay so I'm not going to assume you know anything let me give you the basics of how to do these things and so we've posted I think today was number six that we posted um, and we're going to probably well we, we have at least two more and we'll probably go another three or four and then after that we go okay now you've got enough kind of knowledge to get into the the general base if you want to you know, progress beyond that. But with something like 5 million new gun owners in the month of March in in America, um, I think it's necessary. I don't know how many of those are going to be actually getting into the community versus they just bought themselves a whoopee. But, um, you know, we'll, we'll well, accept and, and welcome any. Absolutely. What we've seen is the, the people that we sold guns to, um, most of them are concerned that they get the training to operate the gun properly. So I think it's going to be, I think you're going to be surprised. There's going to be a lot of people that will want to follow through. Good. I'm really excited for that. And I'm grateful for it. I'm grateful for good. Of course, you know, your guys shop is one of the best in, in America and Thank certainly you. one of the best in the Valley at, at serving people. You know, you're not selling guns, you're serving people, right. And you serve Thank people you. by right. getting, you know, helping them uh, express their second amendment rights. And, um, and when you serve people like that, I think then you welcome them and from all walks of life. And right. I think Thank that's you. a really interesting thing, you know? Well, I appreciate that, that you're saying that. That's huge praise coming from you. And AZ Firearms is our shop. We are a small mom and pop shop, but we were kind of like you. We have that nationwide presence, um, even though we are locally based here in Arizona. And we do uh, consider ourselves a service first. We, we have the, all of our staff members have a heart of a teacher. And um, I think that's why we've connected with you so well. 
because you just have that passion for helping people feel empowered and be empowered with knowledge and um, your uh, active self-protection extra channel with your new, it's basically, uh, you know, Gun Owner 101. I mm-hmm. have been watching them myself from start. I've started with number one and I'm watching through. And, you know, it, it's a good reminder. It's a good primer. Uh, I think everybody has gaps in their, their education, whether you're talking about, you know, your, your high school algebra or, you know, <laughs> even your firearms training, because it depends on who taught you really maybe what their particular bent was. Maybe they leaned more into one area and, and less in another, or maybe they already assumed that you knew the difference between a revolver and a semi-automatic. And so you've kind of always been walking around going, I, I kind of, I kind of get it, but maybe I don't. And, and so watching your, uh, your one Oh ones, uh, walks people all the way through it, not in a way that anybody's going to feel like they're being, you know, uh, talk down to, you're just, like you said, this is a football. It's just, here's the basics and we're going to build from there. And by the time you get through the series, I think we're going to have a lot of really, uh, well-educated people with a solid foundation and they can jump off from there and, and go to, uh, the next level of training. So I, I applaud that and I appreciate that. Thank you. I, that's what we're trying to do. You know, of course, uh, I worry, uh, not, not that, that it's a huge worry, but I do worry that people that are going to buy a firearm, um, I don't want them to have accidents with their firearms. You know, we, we don't want people to uh, be shot unnecessarily uh, that don't need to be shot. We don't want people leaving firearms unsecured and then they get into criminal hands and those kinds of things. Uh, we don't want people to be afraid of firearms. Uh, but the same thing, if you've got a chainsaw in your garage, you can decide to go buy a chainsaw. Well, listen, that's a potentially very dangerous thing to own if you don't operate it safely, you know? Um, and so same thing, like any Yahoo can go down to Home Depot and buy a chainsaw uh, and you don't need no training and you can cut your leg off with a chainsaw. Like it's your God-given right. Like <laughs> we don't want people to do that, right? So we say, listen, we don't want you to do that with your firearms. We want you to be safe with them. We want you to be effective. And then of course we will leave. I, I teach firearm skills and handgun skills in particular uh, on active self-protection extra all the time, but that's to augment in-person training. And we'll get through this pandemic and uh, the, on, the in-person training will start up again. And, and I'm excited to help more people to have the requisite skill to use their defensive firearm adequately. Do you feel that there's anything that's really impractical or impossible to teach people in the digital format that you teach in uh, uh, in person on a live range um, setting. I mean, I think there's some things that are harder, but I think a great educator can get a long way in a digital format. Um, I do, in fact, private lessons digitally. Uh, I, I can do those. We do those, you know, via tools like Zoom and Skype and those kinds of things where uh, you can watch a student and give them some instruction. Now, I do think that when we gather in a live class, I can give coaching to a lot of students on a firing line. Um, in a very short period of time, right? When I test stack a bunch of students, I can say, hey, everybody, I'm going to give you all this instruction. You all go practice that. Then I'm going to walk the line and give you each coaching on it. Um, whereas it's a little less efficient to do that one-on-one in terms of watching it. Um, and just like the only thing you can't learn in dry fire is recoil. You know, you have to get to the range in order to experience recoil control in your firearm. It's just a thing, right? You can use some, you know, CO2 tools and those kinds of things, and those can be somewhat helpful, 
but you've got to press a trigger on a live round. And so there are some of those things that uh, in coaching, you've got to kind of help them see and feel and go, okay, so you see this right here. Can you see that? And let me, you know, tell you what that feels like or those things. So those can be hard, but I do think a great coach and uh, a great diagnostician and a good teacher can teach an awful lot remotely and get much of the same impact. So we can do a lot even while we're home on, on these uh, pandemic lockdowns. Right. So it's sort of like when you go rent a car, you know, I'm used to my truck. I drive it every day, but when I go rent a new car, it takes a while to get familiar with it and to understand what you're doing. And I think it's the same thing. We, you know, you need to do that live fire. You need all the training, but it's good to at least learn how to do it, you know, by the videos first. Yeah. I say the same thing. You know, both my wife and I drive manual transmission cars and uh, she drives a little Fiat 500 and I drive a Mustang GT and the clutch on her car and the clutch on my car are very different. Yeah. <laughs> it's still driving a clutch, right? It's, it's the same motions, but man, when I get in her car for the first time, I, it, you know, after not having it for a while, I put my foot on the clutch, it goes doink all the way to the ground because it's so light. And I go, okay, time to take it easy because this clutch is not my clutch. Wait, there's and people out there thing. that, there's people out there that don't know what a manual transmission is. Yeah, we call it a millennial anti-theft device. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's perfect. <laughs> Very good. Um, so, you know, a lot of the, like you said, millions of people have uh, for the first time decided that they want to take on the responsibility of being their own immediate responder. Mm-hmm. And uh, they, they've finally brought that firearm into their home. And like you said, you don't want it to just be a whoopee. We say we don't want it to be like the Christmas puppy syndrome where it's like, well, it Mm. was fun and interesting to get, but now we don't know what to do with it. It's not really part of our life. So we're going to either stick it on a closet shelf or in a drawer, or maybe they're going to look on the Google machine and try to find some uh, online training. Uh, You know, you have been doing this for a long time. You even have your own program to teach other trainers uh, so you are a very skilled teacher that there are other people out there that have put a bunch of videos out that maybe they're not a skilled teacher. Are oh there, uh, I know. Right. And so like, how can a person decide for themselves? I mean, the easy answer is you're meeting John Correa here on gun freedom radio. Just look him up with active self-protection and go from there. But, um, you know, if somebody's out there in, in the ethers, how are they supposed to be able to determine if somebody is giving them good skills and good education or if it's, you know, like a tactical Timmy out there just kind of diving under, you know, cars and rolling, you know, rolling over the hoods and, you know, jumping hay bales and stuff. Yeah. Uh, You know, so the number one thing that I would say don't ever look at is don't ever look at subscriber count in terms of credibility. Uh, And I say that as a guy who is running probably one of the largest YouTube channels in the world in the self-defense space, right? There's only a couple of channels with more subs than mine. But, uh, and I say that that's not a marker of of credibility in any capacity, because I know channels that are quite small that are very, very good and channels that are are very large that I wouldn't trust. Um, So don't look at popularity. Don't look at likability. Okay. Um, because there, there are some folks, I I say this all the time. Um, for instance, did you, you guys probably back in the day, like I did watched Bob Ross and, and I love watching Bob Ross make a painting, right? It was the only thing on TV. I mean, happy little trees. Yes. He makes happy little trees and you love it. And you're like, man, this is the best thing ever, but I would never go to Bob Ross to learn how to paint. Uh, because 
Bob is not a painting instructor in reality. He's a painter, but he's not a painting instructor. He's not mm -hmm. a teacher. Mm -hmm. And so people take Bob Ross and they go, oh, he'll teach you how to paint. I would guess he taught almost nobody how to paint, but he actually educated and he's, and, and he's incredible what he did. Um, now, let's be honest, when you get done with your paintings, you're like, that's what would hang in a motel. But it was really entertaining. <laughs> so I think recognize that when you go to YouTube, you go to other social media, that there are plenty of entertainers out there. Okay, there's mm. lots of entertainers out there. And there's mm. plenty of entertainment to be had. Um, mm. I think of like the number one sub channel in the world in terms of gun stuff is Demolition Rancher, Matt Character. And I think Matt always has a fun time. And Matt is a pure entertainer. Just recognize him for what he is. Just go have fun watching him have fun shoot guns. Same thing with a guy like Hickok 45. Just an entertainer, right? Like you're just going to go back out back with, with Uncle Greg and he's going to shoot on his really cool range and he's just entertaining, right? Uh, but where are you looking for, number one, is you're looking for credentials. Mm. Um, can you actually do some research and say, is this person a qualified trainer? Is this person a qualified educator in this arena? And I will tell you that any instructor who does not publicly post their CV, as it were, their credentials for instruction is um, not somebody that I would trust in any capacity. So if you can't get a detailed list of qualifications and certifications, then I don't think I trust them, especially when you have guys out there like, for instance, Greg Ellifritz. And if you go to activeresponsetraining.net, that's Greg's site. And Greg lists his credentials out there. Uh, if you want to get bored reading credentials lists, his is the one because it's like 800 deep. It's crazy. Uh, you get guys like Carl Wren, who has a credentials list that's just so long, krtraining.net, and uh, all his instructors, same thing. So those are people that you look at and you go, okay, this guy, th these people clearly have this significant list of credentialing. You'll see some others who don't. Uh, of course, I say that, and if you go on our website, you know, there's a whole thing there. Who's John? And, you know, click, and here's my list of my certifications, and here's who I've trained with, and here's what I do, and here's the lanes you can trust me in, right? Uh, that's the next part is you want to look at who are you and what's your mission versus who are they and what's their training and what's their mission. So for instance, somebody whose qualifications come out of the military, um, that's a very different mission than my mission as a concealed carrier, as a home defender. It's a very different mission and trusting somebody who was, a, and, and God forbid, like I just talked to my friend, uh, Chuck, who's a former army ranger and, um, you know, snake eating, rangers lead the way, you know, uh, jumped into Panama, you know, back in the day, these things. But that doesn't qualify him, and he knows that, to teach concealed carry. Uh, because you've got a squad, and you've got a bunch of buddies with, you know, select fire firearms and air support, right? So different world. And so what's your qualifications? And even law enforcement, as much as I have great respect for law enforcement, the mission of law enforcement is to apprehend criminals. It's a different mission than CCW holders. So if you have friends, you know, you're looking at somebody, you go, oh, okay, well, he's a cop. But what does that mean about understanding your mission and have they been able to recontextualize that to your private citizen mission? Some really have. There are some incredible police officers. I, I go back to Greg Elifritz, who is a cop and is an incredible private citizen trainer, okay? Uh, plenty of others in that vein, but uh, that's not automatic. So just because, oh, somebody's a cop. Like, people ask me that all the time. Oh, why are you qualified to do this? Were you ever a cop or were you in the military? And I go, yeah, I was in the military for eight years. And they go, okay, cool. And then they'll listen to me and I go, okay, keep asking questions, dude. I made hot water the hard way in Uncle Sam's Canoe Club, okay? <laughs> I, I was a nuclear reactor operator in the Navy. That taught me nothing about defensive firearms use, okay? Mm -hmm. It has nothing to do with my qualifications. So, um, so that's the biggest thing I would look for is are they qualified to do that? And then the third thing I would look for is are their qualifications, certifications, and training recent? Are they continuing to train themselves mm -hmm. and stay up to date in the industry? Uh, you know, you see some people that they're like, oh, okay, I got this certification in 1986. And you say, 
That was 35 years ago, well, 34, I suppose, but you get my point, right? Like what, what have you learned since then? Even a great trainer like Tom Givens, for instance, who is a giant in the industry, um, Tom will still go out and take a class or two with another trainer every year so that he's getting more input and learning new things. And the best instructors do that. So those are the three things I would definitely look for. I would look for somebody with certification. I would look that somebody's, uh, their certification is in the area of expertise you are looking for, particularly home defense and concealed carry, and that their training is recent and relevant and that they're a learner as well. Well, John, I, if, if I would urge people to watch the active protection, uh, self-protection show that you have, because if they watch that two or three times, they're going to know that you're a teacher, how you explain what happened that's a teacher. And so that's, that's, a that's my core competency. Reference. So I appreciate that. Dan. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, it is, it's your, it's, it's a good reference to show this is how, how you do what you do. And you can see that you're teaching in that. So I would trust you as my teacher. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. We worked very hard to earn that trust. I know a lot of people would use the title of influencer because I have a large social media presence. You know, you know what, what 1.67 million on the big channel now, about 102,000 on the little channel. That's counting. I mean, you're just getting started. It's like, you know. Right. We'll see what happens <laughs> next year. We got about 300,000 on the Facebook page or like 295 or something like that. Awesome. Um, and so people say, oh, you're an influencer. And I go, no, I try not to be an influencer. I try to be a trusted advisor. I try to be yes. somebody instead. I'm not trying to influence you to do something, but I am here to offer advice. I'm here to help. And when you say, hey, John, how do I best protect myself? I, I hold myself accountable to giving the best advice absolutely possible. And, and I don't just hold myself accountable to me. I believe, um, you know, as a follower of Jesus, I answer to him for everything that I do. And so I take that very seriously. So I, I just have to ask you something, John. It's not on the, the questions, but... One of the things that I worry about people, some people that want to carry a gun is, is it seems that some of them might be looking for something to do with the gun. Yep. How, how do you teach somebody not to, to be that way that you re we're really, when we carry a gun, we're not looking for trouble, but if trouble's there, we're, we're going to take care of it. Yeah. We're prepared. Yeah. So uh, one of the things that we always say, uh, you'll hear me talk about this on the main channel all the time is a commitment to deescalation, escape and avoidance. And a commitment to saying, listen, when you put a gun on, you take your ego off and you avoid every fight you possibly can because it'll always change your life 100%. And one of the ways we do that is every Friday on Active Self-Protection Extra, we have a, um, an attorney, a bar admitted attorney, come and talk about the legal and moral ramifications of the use of force and um, what you can do, what you can't do. And then we show negative outcomes on the channel too. Uh, we will talk about, hey, this person was... Uh, doing okay, and then they became the aggressor. In fact, uh, yesterday's video, we had a guy who defended himself against an attack and then left the scene, came back, and re uh, retaliated on the person who wasn't attacking him at that point, lost his job for it. And, and you go, listen, the self-defense part is great, but then he went too far because he was angry, and I get it, and that ego cost him his job. It didn't get him criminal charges, but it cost him his job, and we don't want you to have that. Right. So I think that accepting that mindset of I'm a self-defender, I am not um, – I, I, I hesitate to say this is going to get me in trouble with some people, but I'll say it anyways, is that I'm not a big fan of the sheepdog mentality. Mm. And the reason for that is that that gives people an idea that says, oh, I have to protect the world. And everybody gets to set their own limits and boundaries here. For some people, their firearm is just for them and their immediate family. Okay, fine. Other people say, no, I, I'm willing to defend the defenseless. Okay. I say all the time, I'm not a sheepdog. I'm a shepherd. And, uh, you know, I get to determine the size of my flock. But um, 
you know, some people, they say they put that firearm on and you have to recognize that you then, every fight you get in is potentially a gunfight because you brought the gun. And uh, so therefore, you have to recognize the incredible gravity of having life and death on your person. Mm. And if you don't have that gravity yet, then you're not mature enough to carry the firearm and you should put it away until you've gained that maturity. Um, mm. And that's a personal decision. Absolutely. Yes. So you touched a little bit on the, the next question I was going to ask, and that is, you know, uh, when you're talking about de-escalating and avoiding, that is, those are important tools to have in our toolbox. Mm -hmm. And uh, when we're talking about, you know, a family unit, and maybe it's a family that has either brought a gun into their household for the first time, or it's a family that hasn't quite got there yet uh, with the firearm, what are some ways that families can learn together and be kind of like all on the same page when emergency strikes, maybe be a force multiplier. Um, and especially if, if it's a, uh, if the, they're trying to do it without the tool of the firearm, what are some of those self-defense and home defense uh, methods that you can talk to us about? Well, I mean, in any home defense scenario, right? So whether or not you have a firearm, hopefully you and your spouse and your children, your roommates, whatever, have talked about, say, for instance, your plan for fire egress. We have a fire in the home and we have to get out of the house. What do we do? Where do we go, right? How do we do these things? And you can talk with very young children about their fire plan. I remember being a really young kid and my grandparents had a two-story home. And, and so out the balcony of their, their the second story, they had a, a ladder that was sitting there that was like one of those rolled up ladders, right? And a couple times, man, we tossed that ladder over the rail and grandma said, climb over it, rock and roll, you got to get down there. And then we all meet on the curb. So we, you know, this is a place we meet. So, so, okay, everybody ready? There's a fire, everybody go. And we drill, you know what I mean? And, and uh, I, you know, every year in school, the kids are used to that. Oh, it's time for a fire drill. We're going to go do our thing, right? So we can do the same with personal protection and having your children understanding things like uh, an a, emergency word, right? So, hey, listen, if dad has to, uh, an emergency, I'm going to give you the emergency word. And when I give you the emergency word, you do exactly what I say without asking questions. We had a very uh, complicated emergency word for my children. And that word was emergency. Um, so, so when, when my children, if I looked at my children and I got a hold of them and I said, emergency, go to the car. And then they would not question a thing I said. They would just go do that. Uh, and, you know, go to the car, I'll meet you there. And they would go do that. And then we also talked to the children. So when I became a concealed carrier, became an, a concealed carrier in 06, um, we talked with my kids. And I talked with my wife, who at the time was not a self-defender. She's a, a bit more of a self-defender today. She practices and carries her own firearm. But um, yeah, I said, look, if ever you see my gun come out, if ever, God forbid, you see my gun in hand, you have a job. And that job is to get down and to get away from me. So then, that, because bad things are coming my way, because it's about to get loud. And if I've got a gun in hand, it means there's really bad stuff around. So get down and get away from me and mm -hmm. let me deal with the problem. Uh, and, and same thing. So I think a husband and wife perhaps need to decide who is going to perhaps corral children and be responsible for children and who is going to be dealing with whatever problem is coming. And that may not just be, I think, you know, kind of our default in America is husband deals with the problem, wife deals with the kids. But I have friends, uh, Melody and John Lauer, and Melody is part of Citizens Defense Research, and uh, she's spicy with a gun. And uh, they've decided because their family is built that way that Melody deals with the problem and John grabs the kids. But perfectly reasonable thing to do. She's definitely higher skilled. Well, I don't know that, but she's high skilled. So let's say that. Um, 
And so having those plans in place, you know, when we talk about attitude, skills, and plan, well, the plan is an important part of that. And you got to put that in place ahead of time. And you can talk about that and you can drill it. And you can, you know, again, when you're, you can't write this minute because, you know, you're not supposed to take kids to the store right now, but you might, you know, in better times, take the kids to Walmart and, and say, hey, what are the problems? When I say emergency, get to the car. What's your first problem? Do I remember where the car is? Yeah. Now you got to get across the street and there's going to be cars here. And how do you get there quickly? And then where do you stand and where do you wait? And what do you do? And all those things. And then, you know, just watch those things. You can also teach your kids to be aware of their world and pay attention um, and, uh, and understand their creep alarm really well. Mm. That's, that's yeah. a big one. To, uh, knowing your surrounding is, is super important. And I think that mm -hmm. people who prey on victims look for people who don't know what they're doing. Mm -hmm. They're either on the phone or they're wandering around. So uh, it's, it's a weak point not knowing what your surroundings are. Absolutely. Um, so one of the things that, uh, and we'll start wrapping up, I know I've kept you quite a while, but one of the things that we have to be aware of as firearms owners is, you know, and it's one of the safety rules, know where your projectile is going to go, right? Mm -hmm. When yep. what is, what, what are you aiming at and what is behind it? What is the backstop? And so we uh, are fortunate to live in a, a freestanding home. And we still have to be concerned about, well, if we needed to use the firearm and there's a bad guy in our home, we wouldn't want the, the projectile to, you know, go out the window and harm the neighbor or go through the drywall and, and hurt the person that we're exactly trying to protect, our, our child or our spouse. How about people that live in apartments and you have people potentially on, on your, above you, below you, beside you? How do people that live in that kind of a setting, uh, how are they responsibly armed citizens? Um, is it about the caliber of the firearm? It's really not. You know, handguns, long guns, uh, shotguns, all will penetrate multiple interior walls and even multiple exterior walls. If it will do a decent job of incapacitating an attacker, it will go through multiple walls. Of course, no reputable trainer in America recommends, for instance, birdshot in a shotgun for home defense. That would be vastly inefficient and that would be even malfeasance on the instructor's part. Um, so you'd never recommend that. And pistol bullets, rifle bullets will go through an awful lot of walls, like seven, eight of them. Wow. So what I always tell people is, uh, number one, the, that rule of firearm safety, beware of your target, what is beyond it, is really the heart here is you can't miss. If you miss, uh, then bad things are happening. And mm. you have to recognize that. So number one, we have to, if we're going to, to God forbid, get in a defensive firearms encounter in our home, you can't miss. It means you mm -hmm. have to have the highest level of ability in that moment. You mm -hmm. cannot pray and spray because that you're responsible for every bullet that leaves the end of your gun. So high level of skill, what you said earlier, Dan, about training is to be able to do that. Uh, and I think number two, when you're talking about administratively handling your firearms. So when you're talking about doing dry fire, where you're talking about, you know, taking the gun in and out of your quick access safe to put on your person or something like that, you have to find a safe direction. And there, those can be very tricky to find when you're in an apartment, I always tell people probably the safest direction. Uh, if you go to the floor, you know, and you're on the second floor, there's people down there. Or, you know, there's probably maybe people above you. You might be in a middle floor where there's both and there could be people on either side of you. So generally speaking, the safest direction is the corners of rooms where you have, a, you know, a three corner on a room. Then what you have is you have joists there. And so you're going to get, uh, hopefully, 
at least on exterior walls, you're going to have wood joists there that will stop bullets. And, and so, you know, if you're going to have to point a firearm in some direction in order to dry fire, those corners tend to be the best. But uh, you might want to check in on that. And then you can build some, you know, especially in dry fire and those kinds of things, where a good bookcase that's got some solid books and those kinds of things can uh, act as a decent bullet stopper if they get more than, uh, you know, we'll usually find is we, we want to get about a foot of book. Uh, that would stop most bullets. So you can build one like that. And it's something you definitely want to think about if you are in an apartment or in a frame built home. Absolutely. Well, John, thank no, you. No, oh. I have, I have a question for John. I'm Go sorry. Right ahead. So John, you said that you, you got your concealed carry permit in 2006. Uh, looking yep. at what you do, I would have suspected that you were born with a gun in your hand. So, <laughs> uh, so I, I see that you weren't. So what happened were you around guns before 2006? Yeah, yeah. So I grew up uh, doing a little bit of hunting uh, with my grandpa. Uh, we had guns in the home. My dad was a duck hunter. He didn't take me duck hunting as a kid. Uh, that was his time. That was him and his friends. But um, my grandpa did. I, I, I pictures of me at like five years old on the back of grandpa's motorcycle with, you know, uh, sitting there with a little 22 in hand. I uh, started shooting about five and uh, we always were around guns and uh, when I was with grandpa. So my, my grandpa was an old Oklahoma Okie and uh, so he had firearms. Uh, I, I, you might edit this out, but actually believe it or not, he did three years for attempted murder when I was 10 from 10 to 13. Uh -oh. um, some guy beat up my grandma and he found out who it was and went and chased him down and shot him. So, uh, and he okay, didn't get a know, medal for that? <laughs> no, no, he got three years for that was what he got. Well, he got six, but he only did three. Uh, and then after that, of course, he's a prohibited possessor and we still had tons of guns around. So, you know, there was that. Uh, till the day That's he a died. different world. That was a different yeah, world. Yeah, well, you know, hey, it was what it was in the 90s. But he, um, uh, so I did some of that, but I didn't get into concealed carry or home defense till, I, you know, I was actually out of the Navy. So I... Uh, when I, I did eight years in the Navy, uh, 95 to 02, and then when I got out, we moved to Phoenix for me to go to seminary, and I started, um, I was in retail, and when we bought our first home, I, I said, man, I'm going to have a shotgun for home defense, because now I own a home, and I can do that, I'm out of the military. That caused a fight with my wife, but we got over it, <clears throat> um, you know, we were both born and raised in the Bay Area of California, and she wasn't about that life, and, uh, but she got over it, bought a home defense shotgun, it sat uh, up in my closet on the top shelf. Uh, cruiser ready for a while and, and nothing happened there. Then what happened really, Dan, was in 06, um, I was getting out of seminary. I was just graduating seminary. And uh, in 2006, I was running a video game store in retail as a way to feed my family while I was going to seminary. And the PlayStation 3 and the Xbox 360 were released. And managers, particularly managers in the company that I was working for, were getting mugged for them and hurt. Uh, we were talking about significant armed robberies because at that Christmas time, people were um, reselling Xboxes for like a thousand bucks on eBay. Mm. And so they were very valuable and we'd get 10 of them in at a time or something like that. And so people come in and get guns pointed at them. And I was like, mm -mm, not me, man. I I'm not going to have that. I I'm just not about that life. And at that time, I had just started working a little bit for my mentor and he offered me, he's like, Hey John, if you teach these couple classes for me, I'll pay you. It was just enough to get my concealed carry class, buy a reasonably priced firearm and a holster and a little bit of ammo for it. And so I bought the wrong gun. I put the wrong ammo in it. I put it in the wrong holster um, and started carrying in 2006 with that in mind and um, started martial arts about the same time because my son wanted me to. And so then I just kind of became a training junkie after a while because I realized, man, if I'm going to actually carry this gun, it's a danger to me. It has some non-zero danger. 
And so I better be good with it and have the benefit of it outweigh the danger. Well, thanks for sharing that with us. Yeah, that, yeah. Awesome. that was awesome. Um, you know, uh, guns are non-forgiving, right? You, you really yep. can't have a, a non, uh, like a redo if you have a, a certain kind of negligent discharge. So let's just not have any of those. Yeah. Right. I always say this is, you know, a big deal. My friend, John McLaughlin is a flight trainer and a former weatherman and, and he trains pilots and, and he does FAA check rides for a living. And he says, listen, flying is neither safe nor unsafe, but it is very unforgiving. Thank and you. I, I really think exactly. that that's a great analogy to firearms ownership. It is neither safe nor unsafe, but it is mm. very unforgiving. So Boy, you have to do the right things. That's the truth. And, you know, we have, when you were talking about the Xbox, um, stuff that was going on. I think that's, uh, you know, kind of a, an analogy for what people are afraid might start happening over foodstuffs, over toilet mm -hmm. paper, over, you know. We've seen it. We've seen yes. it in Tucson here last week. We saw a woman mugged in a Walmart parking lot for her groceries uh, right. and, you know, for her teepee. As yes. crazy as that is. And well, so you don't want to shoot somebody over toilet paper, but if somebody is taking legal, lethal force against you, then mm -hmm. that's where we want to be prepared. And I, I was arm robbed twice in my life. And the oh. first time I was arm robbed, I had no clue what to do. The second time I stopped it. Mm -hmm. So people get the training before you need to, tr need to do something is my best advice. Because yeah. you were fortunate. Was a mistake. You were blessed. I've been around guns all my life. And I did not do the right thing the first time. Absolutely. Well, and without proper training ahead of time, it'd, it'd be very difficult to expect you to because right. it's, that's, a, that's a stressful, difficult situation. Oh. Yeah. You don't even know what's going on. Yeah. You, I right. mean, it's, it's weird. Well, John, thank you again so much. Uh, tell folks as we're going out here how they can follow all the stuff you do, which is a lot. You wear a lot of hats. Um, so we'll just sit back. I'll, I'll go do a load of laundry and I'll come back when you're done telling folks <laughs> all the stuff that you do, but, but seriously, so they can find you, they can follow you and they can learn from you. So two YouTube channels, of course, uh, if you just load up your YouTube app and search active self-protection, you can see the snake logo here. That's, that's the logo you'll find there. Um, and you can sub over there and put on the notification bell. Also the second channel is called active self-protection extra same snake, but it's black instead of white. So you can differentiate them a little bit. Um, and, uh, there we teach seven days a week over there, different stuff every day. Uh, you can find us on Facebook. You can find us on Instagram, all same names there. We also have coming up here on, uh, April 16th and April 29th, we're doing our signature, um, lessons learned from analyzing 25,000 gunfights presentation. And we're doing that over digital delivery. So we are doing that for people, um, <clears throat> to give them some training. And this is normally training we travel all over the country for. And uh, we are doing that for $9.99 a person. They can get either one of those. You can find information on that on our website, activeselfprotection.com. Uh, we're training all those. And I'm even offering if somebody is out of work and $9.99 is too much in this current environment to email me and uh, john at activeselfprotection.com. And I will give you a code and you can come on me. Um, we certainly don't want anybody to experience, to have a lack of training while they're not working in this crazy pandemic. So Absolutely. they can find us in all those places. Uh, you can also go on our website and see where our Cover Your Asp tour is coming. That is uh, all over the country. Next one that I think, I'm hoping, is going to happen end of May in South Dakota. Um, and then we've got them going on from there. So come and find us.
That's if they let us, if we're allowed, I love those two words, right? Allowed right. to move about the country again, right? Right. So, so we, John, you I, live I, in think, Arizona. I hope we will. You, you live in Arizona and, you know, we're just looking at some statistics today. There's 7 million people that live in Arizona. Yep. And there's 20 people that died from this disease. Yeah. Yeah, and, and, you know, I get it. I, I'm of a couple minds on this as somebody who pastored for a long time. You know, I pastored a church for 14 years. Um, and, and I have friends who have lost loved ones because of it. You know, uh, mm-hmm. I have connections to one of those 20 deaths. And, um, man, we just want to be real careful with this. This thing, some of the stuff we're looking at could be as high as a 5% death rate for people who uh, can contract it. That's, right. that's pretty serious. You know, that's some yeah. serious stuff. And so it looks like what we've done is working, but hopefully we also recognize that uh, there's a real cost to be paid for that. And we need to get people back to work as soon as we can. And we Amen. need to get people back to doing what they do as soon as they can while respecting the fact that, man, we value human life. Uh, incredibly highly and there is no uh, no value placed on anything higher than a human being and so it, it's a tough place to be and i am grateful right now that i'm not an elected official and making those decisions right it is tough yeah, and i'm not talking it down it's just that you know we we shut our business down which is an essential business we shut it down because of the same fears and i can't yep. be responsible for somebody in in the, my group but we're going to reopen soon and we're going to take major precautions yeah. major yeah. Yeah, just had to implement some training for so. keeping everybody uh, healthy and safe. And anyway, we will let you go, John. Thank you again so much for spending so much of your time with us today. I am so excited to dive back into the uh, the series that you're doing on active self-protection extra uh, for new gun owners. And I love the idea of the um, the series that you're doing for the 999. We'll definitely put a link of that up on your guest page on Gun Freedom Radio. So thank you again for all you do. Be well, be safe, be healthy. God bless. Thank you, John Correa. Thank you, you guys. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Wow. That was a great conversation. My goodness, I learned a ton of stuff. I always do from from John and his kind of Monday morning quarterbacking style videos that he does where, you know, caught on surveillance camera, if somebody came in to rob a store or whatever, and what did the responsibly armed citizen do correctly what could they have done better and he never does it in such a way like well he was an idiot because he x y or z he actually breaks down the methodology you know and the tactics that a person uses so that we as the observer can learn from uh what somebody else did well and 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 maybe not quite as good as they could have had they had training sure i i listen to his videos on youtube while i'm driving and many times I have to pull over and say, what? And look at that. So <laughs> yes, uh, it's, it's great. So. I was like, I need a red light quick. So yeah, but uh, he, he does wonderful work and um, it's good to know him. So That's fantastic. All right. Well, I'd love to just send out a huge thank you to all of our listeners. Uh, your time is your most valuable commodity and your most uh, precious and finite commodity. And when you spend it with us, we very much appreciate that. Thank you to uh, John as our guest. We so appreciate him. And until next time, pray for our nation, pray for our representatives, leaders, whatever you want to call them. 
Well, you know what? With the coronavirus and everything that's going on, I am going to pray for them. Yeah. Even the ones I don't like. Especially the ones you don't like. Especially. And because, you know, it's a tough job right now. Yeah, it is. It really is. Really as John tough. said. And I, I'm praying that the leaders aren't thinking of themselves, but thinking of us. Mm, that's the truth. Not their political career, but right. uh, what's best for the nation and best for their constituents. Right. Well, be good to each other. Have a great week and God bless. <laughs>